Your Health Matters. A look at health and lifestyle in North Surrey. And I'll tell you who's just stepped into the studio. I'm here with Beverly Lodge of Lodge Brothers, the funeral directors with headquarters in Feltham, a seventh-generation family business providing funerals, memorials, prepaid funeral plans and floristry to Surrey and several other counties. Hello, Beverly. How are you? Good afternoon, Claire. Lovely to be here. Great to see you. Now, that's a seventh-generation family business. That sounds like it goes back quite a way. Can you tell me a bit about that? Well, we actually started in 1780. Not me personally. I'm not that old. But... Uh, we've been going an awfully long time you know a lot of funeral directors started as builders and that's exactly what we did we actually started in the west country and i think that james lodge was uh, coming to seek his fortune in london and he stopped at feltham and uh, stayed there ever since so that's where we really originated but it wasn't really until literally my dad and his two brothers stan bill and john took hold of the business in the 60s that it really started to grow and uh, we've been growing ever sense really yes because you cover a lot of counties it's not just north surrey which is obviously where this program is going out to i mean you're you're, you're spread a lot across the southeast can you tell me what's behind that that spread well i think that in my father's day um there was a lot of funeral directors that didn't really want to be uh, sold out to the large corporations and they really wanted to be taken over by another family business and we were very lucky to acquire those so we've actually got businesses in cambridgeshire bedfordshire and down in wilkshire and they don't run as lodge they run as uh, a local name and they're very very well known with with a uh, steeped in history in their own right but as far as lodge brothers are concerned we've felt um this is my um brothers and cousins that i currently work with there's actually six of us and we've decided to concentrate more on this area because that's where the lodge name is uh, is more well known and uh, we not so much growing by acquisition but uh, by what we call cold starts so basically when families have been traveling quite a way to come and see us we've decided that that might be a good reason why we need to open in say woking or windsor that's been more recent well, it, it helps make what uh, is, is very likely to be a stressful event for people less stressful in a way because, uh, first of all, they don't have to go and travel sort of 50 miles to, to sort out that aspect, particularly, and I don't know if this is relevant, if they have word-of-mouth recommendations or they've been to a funeral run by yourselves um, of somebody else. I mean, it's a very difficult time for people, isn't it, to know what the right thing to do is because we don't have a lot of experience in it. So what steps do you take to make a funeral a memorable experience and not to be frightened? Well, I think that's a very good point, Claire. I mean, the average family have a funeral every 17 years. So it's not something you remember or or even want to remember. Um, But what we try and do is we want to create a really lovely peaceful, non-stressed environment. And yes, you're absolutely right. Most people come on recommendation or perhaps have used us before. But what's really important that people can come and see us and they can come to our offices um, or we can actually go to their own homes. And sometimes um, it's it's nice that we actually go to the nursing or residential home that mum or dad were in and we can meet there. And the most important thing, step one, is not to be hurried, to leave lots of time if it's in our own branches that we always divert the phones and we drink lots of tea and I think what's important is that people come relax and we just chat and 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 
you know, a lot of worries are dispelled because people are relaxed. I think that's step one, um, is to create the right environment. Right. Is, is there a sort of a time scale that uh, people have to work to? I mean, imagine from a, a, a public hygiene point of view, um, there has to be. Uh, what, what's, what's the window on it? Well, generally speaking, um, arranging a funeral will take about a week to 10 days. Um, we can actually arrange funerals a lot more quickly, but generally speaking, there's a lot more involved in a funeral than there was, say, 20 years ago. People want a more complex funeral. Perhaps there's service sheets to be printed. People perhaps um, want a more involved service in terms of, you know, horse-drawn and doves and flowers and things that perhaps, you know, weren't so important or weren't um, something that people wanted years ago that you know people really really require those now so what's important as well is that um, people get the timing right so if a lot of people want times between 11 and 2 o'clock then sometimes they have to wait longer but if people wanted a 9 or 10 o'clock funeral we often suggest late funerals like at 4 o'clock and somewhere like Woking Crematorium do quite late funerals as late as 5 o'clock and then you miss the traffic and you can have a meal afterwards. So it really depends on the time scale that people want in order to have their funerals. But it's important to get that out straight away, first of all. Right. Well, I can imagine that people have different ideas for what they want. And I, I for one, I've done my will. And, uh, you know, I have got, I've written in there what I think would be appropriate for me. And I hope that people would go with that. And everyone's going to have different ideas. So um, obviously, uh, there are going to be different things. I mean, people might want at four o'clock and say, just go down the pub and have a jolly good drink. Um, so I guess you sort of you need to cater for all things. Have you got any stories of interesting? Well, we ones? have. And I think one of the, the things about not rushed is that um, if people have prepayments and whether they get that through us or another funeral director it does give people time to plan their funeral in a non-stressed environment because they they haven't actually died so it gives us really time to you know to source the information so for instance um it, and, you know, talk about stories. The most important thing is when you're talking to people is you know where did they grow up? Where was their place of birth? Their origin? tell me about their parents um were they in the armed forces what about company achievements managers um, marriages and children and hobbies and ambitions so often when i conduct a funeral myself often only the last sort of two or three years is spoken of that person and what about the previous 80 years that's that's important so you need to just dig a little deeper so we can really give that information to the celebrant or the minister who's going to officiate the service in order to, to, you know, bring out a really lovely service, you know, for that person who's died. Mm, uh, we were chatting earlier and you mentioned something about a canal boat. Well, it, it, there's been always lots of stories, but one thing you just said about just going down the, the pub, you know, we don't have to make a funeral complex. It can be really simple. And I've always said flowers and music, just the wonderful music you've been playing earlier. I don't know whether you realise, but three of those wonderful pieces are in the top ten of the most popular um, yes. <laughs> middle-of-the-road songs that uh, people yes. have. I looked but, at the Telegraph <laughs> the website, I have to say. Very good. But, you know, flowers and music can say the words that, that, that can say the things that words fail. So really, it can be a very simple funeral with just a few people attending, and then you're down the pub. But yes, one, one particular occasion, um, I went from Little Venice, and we had to carry the coffin over the water onto a canal boat so I was all a bit precarious and I was very worried about the whole thing 
but then we uh, put the coffin on the canal boat and then we went all the way to Mort Lake um, Cemetery. It took about 40 minutes and uh, we had a Dixie band, jazz band. It was just fantastic and they were really celebrating that person's life and I was with one of my chauffeurs and uh, he was most disillusioned because they wanted him to have uh, some beer and I wouldn't let him drink anything, obviously, because we had to be obviously on... Um, you know, in control of the situation and uh, we could be letting our hair down like everybody else. But that was very, very interesting. But um, there's been lots of uh, lots of uh, interesting stories. Well, that, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. I, I, I quite fancy the idea of um, my ashes going up in a, in a firework and being sprinkled over uh, a bay somewhere in Cornwall. But uh, I don't know whether everything is actually is practical or not. Do you get some, some things that you really can't do? Well, I think with cremated remains, you've got to remember that 80% of people are cremated rather than carry out a burial, have a burial. And obviously there are cremated remains following that. And uh, in this country, there is no rule. As long as you take the remains out of the um, plastic container, something that's you know, not biodegradable. You can actually scatter them wherever you want, as long as it's not a public uh, place. You've got to be discreet. And obviously there's cemeteries and burial grounds and places and all the things you've just mentioned that are alternative options for people um, that can cel- continue celebrating that person's life. The most important thing is that people go away after a funeral feeling they've done the very best they can and that there's no regrets. And often not enough time is spent on arranging the funeral and the detail. And that's what we're here to do, to make sure that we're here to to help you research and get it down exactly what you would like um, at, that, at that time. And whether it's a what we call a pre-need, a prepayment funeral, where it's easy because you've got time to do it um, in, a, in a non-stress environment, or whether you've just got that week or 10 days, the most important thing is that we get it right so it's completely um, flawless on the day of the funeral. Yes, so, so no regrets for those who are left behind. Now, I've got a question because I was doing a bit of research for the programme and looking at uh, mourning and Victorian practices, actually. And, um, you know, people tend to die at home in the Victorian days. And now, they, but then people generally died in hospitals. And now there's hospice care, which has been brought in. Um, do, do you see a big difference between um, sort of people being in hospices? Do you go in sometimes as part of this prepayment system? you're talking about because people obviously know that it's there at the end of their lives is there something sort of about that you could mention well i I, people don't necessarily take out prepayments claire just because they feel they've got a terminal illness or they're you know they're elderly people often do it at the time of doing a will or you know or when they retire it's it's about doing it when you when you can really when you feel the moment is right and then storing it away and not having to worry about it and carry on living but um certainly i can think of um you know talk about examples i remember there was um a very uh, there was an irishman uh, just last year that died in in addleston and uh, he actually did have a terminal illness. In fact, he died here locally in Sambir, a hospice. And uh, he was a notorious gentleman. He always had fantastic parties. When I say parties, he'd have two or three hundred people go, discos, music, food. He was, he was just a, a very well-liked, gregarious gentleman. And uh, he decided he'd have his wake before the funeral. So he awesome. actually wanted to celebrate his own life. And he said, if there's anything nice that people are going to say about me, I want to be there to hear it. So actually, he did know that he was going to die. But when he was still able to, he uh, arranged this wonderful wake. 
and uh, had hundreds of people attend. And then sadly, he, he did die some months later. And I was very privileged to conduct that funeral. And what was special to him is that we... Um, stop the hearse, I'd get out and page round the various local pubs and establishments that he had loved over the years. And then again, uh, we went back to a community centre. And again, I think there was two or 300 people there having a second wake, unfortunately, without him. But I think he did it his way. And that was the important thing. So that is a very good example of a, a living celebration. Yes, I, th- I think that's wonderful because uh, he got to, as you say, do it his way. And it also, I, I would expect, helps the people left behind to move on because the process has been initiated with that. It's like a living funeral, isn't it? That first process. And then there's a period of time, obviously not that long, and he's, and then there's the actual funeral. I, I can see that as being a, a sort of very helpful to to people left behind. Well, I think... That's a very good question because the funeral is actually for the relatives, the people who are left behind. And we're going to do whatever we can do to to look after um, those relatives. Nothing's too much trouble policy. That's one of the things we always talk about at Lodge Brothers. and, and, And that's important. But it is actually making sure that as I said in the beginning, that we can get that detail down with the family, help them, guide them, hold their hand through this process and ensure that we sit down and talk to them about what they actually want so that when they have the funeral and they finish the funeral, they go away feeling uplifted and good about what they've done. And that. And often you see, you know, there's lots of little things. I, I, I go to funerals and... Um, afterwards they say gosh I wish we'd had that bit of music or I wish we'd had that poem and that's a really good idea so often sitting down in advance and spending a little bit more time going through it makes all the difference and and that's what we try and do ensure that the people left behind are looked after and one of the things we're we're doing locally is these Christmas memorial services where people can come along and celebrate that person's life with us at Christmas with which is now such a poignant time and the most difficult time in people's lives when you've lost somebody this year. This is the first Christmas without them. And we want to make sure that they're not forgotten and that the relatives aren't forgotten either and that we celebrate that person's life by lighting a candle, singing some carols and having um, some uplifting music in order that we can help those people move on as well. Well, thank you, Bev. That's wonderful. And I think that we've got a bulletin on the light a life um, that's happening in Asia. So I'll ask you to read that out a bit later. Um, right now, do you have some contact details you can give me so people know how to get in touch with Lodge Brothers? Well, I think that um, as far as getting in touch with Lodge Brothers, we've got Lodge Brothers here in Weybridge, um, in Adelston, Chertsey, West Byfleet and Woking. I, we really have kind of spread out over the years. But as I said, that's just where really it's more designed. That's where our families are coming from. So any one of those local branches, you can get us on um, the website, Lodge Brothers website, www.lodgebrothers.com. Uh, .co.uk um, or any one of those local branches and they'd be happy to tell you when one of the local services is on that you can attend or any more information that you'd like. Well, thank you very much. That's Beverly Lodge of Lodge Brothers. Radio. <laughs> 